Welcome to the City Church Podcast. We hope that you will be abundantly blessed by this message. If you would like to find out more about the city, please log on to our website, www.thecity.sg. Shall we turn our Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 4? Ecclesiastes chapter 4. And I want to read to you from verses 9 to 12. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 to 12. Now, this passage is commonly used in weddings, but I want to read from verse 7, uh, and then the main text is verses 9 to 12, but verse 7, this is uh, King Solomon writing, and this is probably you know, his observation as, uh, as, as, as he was looking at life, and he, and, he, and he said, Again, I saw vanity under the, under the sun. One person who has no other either son or brother, yet there is no end to all his toil. And his eyes are never satisfied with riches, so that he never asks, for whom am I toiling and depriving myself of pleasure? This also is vanity and an unhappy business. Verse 9. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, and there's not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie down together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. Let's, um, let's talk about how we are stronger together how we are stronger together. I believe this passage isn't just for married couples. I believe this passage is for all of us. I believe this passage applies uh, to friendship, to fellowship, to community. I believe it serves as a powerful reminder, church, that we are stronger together. As I was just worshipping, I, uh, I, I, uh, I, I just have this picture of a, 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 a one statistic, easily broken. Five statistics, you know, those of you who train Probably you can break five statistics, but a bunch of of statistics, 50 sticks. I don't think that the strongest person here can break 50 statistics, right? So we are stronger together. I believe these principles are incredibly relevant to our faith. Relevant when we talk about the body of Christ, the church. As I was just praying into the sermon, I, uh, and, the, and the theme we have for our cluster life services is experiencing God together. And I just want to say to all of us that the togetherness and the one anothering, I didn't know that that phrase ex- exists, but the one anothering start at our home, in our marriage, in our household, but it must not stop there. Somebody say, Amen. I would argue that we need our spiritual family, our local church, to raise a resilient, Christ-centered family. We need each other, all the parents, all the fathers, all the mothers, we need need each other to raise a resilient, Christ-centered family. And I believe every healthy local church 
needs to be connected to other healthy local churches in the city. What's my point? My point is we must see ourselves as part of the whole to gain a complete perspective, a complete understanding of God's purpose for our lives. Not just for our lives, for our family life. Not just for our family life, for our church life and for our nation's purpose and destiny. We are part of God's greater whole. Somebody say Amen. We are part of God's greater whole and we must see ourselves as part of it. What am I saying? I'm saying that there is no such thing as a private faith. It's not a biblical concept. In fact, I'll go to an extreme and say it is anti-biblical. There's no such thing as a personal decision for Jesus Christ. I mean, we use that in our sermons all the time. But there is no such thing. A decision for Christ is always public in the Scriptures. No private faith, no personal decision. Our faith is a corporate faith. And so in this passage, I want to just give us four reasons why I believe we are stronger together. Why we are stronger together. In verse 9, we are stronger together because we accomplish more together. The Bible says in verse 9 of Ecclesiastes chapter 4, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil, for their effort. See, the truth that's, that the king is trying to put out to all of us is quite simple. Two people can accomplish more together than one person can on his own. I believe he's talking about the power of partnership, which is why Husband and wife working together, powerful. Which is why when Andre and I can work together harmoniously with one vision, a former founding pastor, a present lead pastor, I didn't know, but that's apparently a sign and a wonder to many people that the former pastor is still around serving a younger person. I thought that's normal, but to a lot of people, that is a miracle. I, I don't know, but I just think that that's a great kingdom expression. Amen? <laughs> I believe two life groups working closely together within a cluster makes the life groups more powerful. It's the power of partnership, which is why Paul prayed in Galatians, I thank my God always for your partnership in the gospel. Paul, as powerful as he is, as amazing, as intellectually gigantic as he is, and you know, being the scholar who wrote most part of the New Testament, Paul said, I need partners. And I thank my God that you are my partner. See, the calling on the church is a big one. We are supposed to make disciples of all nations. We are called to preach the gospel to the ends of the earth, to usher the return of our Lord and Savior. And specifically for our church, the city, we exist to help all people, not just some people, not just Singaporeans, not just those who live in Tampines or in Woodlands, to help all people be with Jesus, become like Jesus, do the works of Jesus in our city. That all people is a lot of people. And if it's just the pastor's job, if it's just Andre's job and his job alone, he would probably give up or live in a state of defeat. Amen? And similarly, listen, listen. God has a gigantic calling on your life. No one is born with 
without a, a purpose. No one is here without a sense of God's predestination, His destiny for your life. See, I believe that all of us, there's a part of the creation that you are called to steward. That there is a gap you are called to stand in. I believe that all of us here, there's a sphere of society you are called to serve. I believe all of us have a part to play in building God's kingdom. We are about our Father's business. And the call is often so much bigger than one person. The task may seem overwhelming, but you have to listen. It, is, it isn't supposed to be one man's job description. The good news is you are not working alone. God has placed in a people, placed you in a people, placed you in a community, in a group, in, in a partnership who are all in this together. We are all in this together. We are all helping all people be with Jesus, become like Jesus, do the works of Jesus. I am committed to Ivan's calling to become a great social worker. I don't know whether that's your call, calling, I don't know. Uh, or to Genesis calling to build you know, the, uh, the most insightful, I don't know, most powerful seminary in Singapore that is I, what, whatever God has called you, we are committed to one another's calling. Yes. God has placed in you friends and partners and what would be impossible on your own is possible with the people, the team, the family that God has placed you in. We call that the church. Can I be really blunt? I've always been, been very blunt. Those of you who have worked with me know that, right? But, just let me push a little bit this morning. Those who struck off the necessary role of the local church in their lives are either ignorant of the high call that they have or unaware of God's expectation on them as followers of Christ. Number one, ignorant or they are just arrogant to believe that they could care for all of this on their own, in their own strength. My brothers and sisters, my fellow co-workers, my friends, my partners, let us not be ignorant, let us not be arrogant, but let us acknowledge that we need one another. Let's wisely join forces with the people God has called us to the church that we may see great things done for Him in His name. Somebody say, Amen. We can do more together. Amen. My second point. The second reason why we are stronger together is because together we have help. Nudge the person, gently whisper, together we have help. In verse 10, the wise king said, For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. If you're alone, no one can lift you up. If you've got partners, praise God because a partner can lift you up. You see, one of the problems we have is we don't like to get help. Hello? We like to handle things on our own. We want to be self-made. We don't want to owe people anything. We don't want to be viewed as weak. So when we do fall, when we do fail, we often deny it. We say we will tell people, oh, we are really fine when we are panicking on the inside. We tell 
everyone that we have the situation under control when we really don't know what to do next. We tell others that we will be okay when what we are craving for is a moment to talk about our fears, our concerns, and for someone else to listen to us and empathize with us. But we deny we have a problem. I'm shocked when I, when I see people stumble or when, I, when, when things uncovered and their life group members didn't know. Or their closest friends say, well, I didn't know that that, that person is going through that. See, denial, does, denial doesn't mean everything is okay. In fact, I would suggest that it's, kind of, it's, it's a kind of pride. And this kind of pride keeps community at bay. This kind of pride denies the gracious offer from our Heavenly Father to have others help us get back on our feet when life knocks us over. I'm thankful. March and April was all-time low in my faith, in my life. And I'm thankful that I'm, I, 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 I am willing right, to share what I was going through with Andre. I spoke briefly with David and I just basically confessed you know, uh, you know, that, that season that was, that was not the most pleasant. And just the fact that I, I share that strengthens me. And allowing them to pray for me, uh, allowing them to just lift me up you know, and even just put a hand on me and say, yeah, you can do it, man. It's such a blessing to have a community who will help you get up after life has knocked you down. Yes, the help that we offer one another comes in variety of ways, sometimes actually meeting those felt needs, but other times just being there for you spiritually, emotionally. I mean, just being there is a great help. Amen. See, I don't think I could have survived a week as a new believer without other Christians in my life. As I was just thinking back, stronger together, I was a brand new Christian. I was angsty as, as a 15 years old. I thought I owned the world. And I, and I couldn't have survived. My parents weren't favorable of my newfound faith. I was calling up, in those days, no texting. So I, I was calling up my, my shepherds saying, oh, no, I'm really struggling. I did, and then they wrote me pass it on cards. And all those cards sustained me. You know, pass it on cards, I, I mean, it's a bit old school now. But the last time, nice cards with Bible verse, you write. You know, and, oh, I tell you, those cards sustained me, man. I looked at those cards every time I felt... And, as, and even as a believer, you know, I, as, as my faith got grounded, life throws me curveballs. Like at 17, 18 years old, girls I like said they don't like me. I mean, that's a setback, man, for a teenager, right? Gabriel, <laughs> it's a setback for any teenager. And I, and I thought, but God, I prayed. But God, I thought I saw her face in the vision. And I've got to talk to my cell group leaders who have to think, I, I needed others, whether it's for, for, for serious matters or for childish growing up issues that I have as a young person, I needed the body of Christ, amen. As a young pastor, there were so many times I want to give up. I mean, the church wasn't growing and I, I, I was doing all kinds of, this, this, the youth group wasn't growing, I was doing all kinds of stuff until I met other youth pastors who stood by me and they encouraged me, they resourced me. I needed help. Amen? We need 
help. Ask for help when you need help. Together we have help. My third point, together we have more. Wow. Together we have more. Verse 11 says, again, if two lie down together, they, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? How can one keep warm alone? Come on, man. We bring the fire into the assembly of God's people. The, the illustration that's, that, the, that the wise king is using here is of two people trying to stay warm in the cold. By themselves, they continue to get cold. But together, when they huddle up and take advantage of the body's warmth, they both produce, they can stay warm. That speaks of all of us bringing resources to the table that we can use to help us in our personal calling, in our corporate mission. All of us bring something. Together, we can keep warm. Together, our little spark become a bonfire. Together, we have more. We are called to serve with God's gifts. We are uniquely equipped with different gifts, resources. I definitely can't sing like David. I mean, this guy is multi-talented. I used to work with him, and you know, he's one of the most amazing people to work with. And he, and he sings well, he plays the guitar, you know, he's chill. I, I mean, wow, gifted. Look at Desmond. Desmond. Uh, I, can't, I can't do the groove like him. I mean, at 45, he's still, he has, uh, We are all gifted. Very differently, very different. And all of you, some of you are so artistic. I mean, I... I can't. I try to look like Han Ji Pyong. I try, but I can't. Some of you just naturally look cool and great. What's my point? I'm just trying to make you laugh, but my point is we are all different. We all bring, we have different giftings, different resources. Come on, man. We are all different. All right. When we use these gifts for the glory of God, I know what I'm good at. You know, I... God has shaped me in a specific way and, I, and I'm comfortable in my skin. I don't want to be like someone else. I don't, I don't want to be born an original, die a, a copy. I, I, I know who I am. Of course, I, I want to grow, uh, but I know what I can do, what I can't do. And I know that I need the grace of God on your life. I know it. I need your gift. See, when we are moving uh, together as a body... You know, with different giftings, so we recognize that we're for different roles, different, we play different but vital roles. I need your gift and you need mine. Yes? I need your gift. Well, why don't we just humble ourselves, turn to the person next to you again, softly, and say, I need your gift and you need mine. And I think that's a good practice also in marriage. Couples, if you, if, if you can do that regularly in your marriage and say, I need the grace of God on your life and you, and you need mine. All right? This is the practice of humility. That I, I need your gift and you need mine. We're all different. And so don't judge me for what I don't have. Celebrate me for what I have. Amen? Amen. My last point. And that is number four, together we have each other's backs. Uh, this is my favorite point, together we have each other's backs. The fourth reason why we're stronger together is we have each other's back. Verse 12 says, And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. 
Have you ever walked down a dark, unfamiliar street? It was midnight. Or there was no one in that street. And then the street lamps was flickering. It's like what you will see in one of those mystery movies. And you're all by yourself. Whether you, regardless of the gender that you have, regardless of upbringing, it's quite scary, right? It, 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 it can be quite scary. Of course, you know, we are afraid. But your level of fear decreases as the number in your group increases. Am I correct? If you are with another person, ah, you will still be scared, but you cannot hold on to each other. You quickly walk. If there are three of you, less afraid. If there are ten of you, my goodness, you stroll down that street like you own that street. <laughs> your level of fear decreases as the number in your group increases. See, the fact that you are there for one another, protecting each other, supporting one another, and provides great strength to each other because we are stronger together. And I want this phrase to be etched into your minds and your heart this evening as the, as the people who serve in this, in this church. And to keep us, because that phrase will keep us from wandering from one of God's greatest blessings, but also safeguards in our, in our lives. I tell you, the church it's a blessing, but it's also a safeguard for our lives. It keeps us from sinning. It keeps us from stumbling. It holds us accountable for our action. When you're serving in the ministry, you, you don't show up. They will lovingly correct you. Not, not legalism, that's just part of growing up. When I was a young person, I, when I missed my duty serving in the ministry of help, my leader came and put his arm around me and said, brother, what's wrong? I, 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 mean, I appreciate that. When I, when, when I overstepped my boundaries as, as a young person, in a way I spoke and my leaders correct me, I appreciate that. We are fighting for one another. Yes, they have got my back. You see, friends, you must understand that we have an enemy who, who seeks to what? steal, to kill, and to destroy. I'm very aware that he's going around like a roaring lion trying to sabotage my faith, trying to rob me of God's best in my life. And the world is constantly trying to squeeze me into its mold. I'm, I'm keenly aware of the schemes of the enemy. I'm keenly aware that, you know, that, that there's someone out there and that there's a system out there that's trying to make me conform as a teenager as in, in my 20s when I'm working even as a pastor the competition the comparison and different things that are trying to squeeze me into the mold and friends I'm saying this to say this that I need you to help me live a Christ-like life I need you to help me live with eternity in my heart to remind me that this life, even though it's 70, 80 years, is temporal. We know that uh, that whole illustration of that long robe and that little red mark that Francis Chan, if you have seen that video, will show. Uh, life is just so short. You know, it's just a small fraction of that long robe. Eternity is so long. And I need you, my friends. I need the team to remind me of the temporal uh, nature of this life. And to live with eternity in my heart. See, friends, we need others to ask us probing questions. Of course, I, I thank God for the Holy Spirit, but we need each other to be each other's Holy Spirit. Asking questions like, have you been with Jesus? Are you thinking and acting like Jesus at home and at your workplace? 
Let's make this real. We want to help all people live like Jesus. Be with, ask each other, have you been with Jesus? Are you acting, thinking, behaving like Jesus at work? Can people see and hear Christ in you when you talk to your, your employees, your, your team, your colleagues? Are you one person you know, and you're serving on Sunday and another person when you're on Monday? when there's incoherence in the way you behave? Are you glorifying God in you know, your activities, your hobbies? We need people to ask us these questions. Are you doing the works of Jesus in your community, in your family? Are you, are you actively trying to do the works of Jesus? Make it real. Your vision statement, very nice, but let's take it off and make it real. Amen? In your life group, ask each other. That's one way to memorize our passion statement. <laughs> but that's also another way of keeping each other accountable. Are we making progress? And I need you to ask me deeper, more existential questions. And I've asked myself just this week, just this week, I'm asking myself questions like, what are you working for, Daniel? What are you working for? Fame and fortune? Material things? Who are you working for, really? You're working for yourself, working for your children, your wife, your family, your bosses? Or am I working for God? <laughs> what, what about this? What are you living for? Recognition, fulfill uh, my wants and wishes? I know, but my ultimate one is, who are you living for? I know some of us say, I'm living for my children. That's good, but wrong. <laughs> I'm living for my wife, good, but wrong. I'm living for my calling, good but wrong. See, we need to ask each other questions like that. Who are you living for? Your parents' approval, your spouse's expectation? Or are we living for His glory, living to know Him and to make Him? Are we living? See, we are meant to walk alone. It's not good for men to walk alone, the Bible says. We are stronger together. Together, we have each other's backs. Can you please cover my back? Will you allow me to cover yours? When I ask you probing questions. Because some people don't, don't appreciate it. They, they don't. You know, some of us are just comfortable to you know, have a very casual high buy, but get a bit more... No, one of my top talent, if you have done Strengths Finder, Relator, I go deep very fast. When you meet me for the first time, what's your calling dream? Tell me a bit more about what fears do you have. <laughs> I just go deep really, really fast. But I love it. We have more. As I conclude, what am I saying? I'm saying I can never fulfill my purpose and live a godly life without you. That's what I'm saying. Are you saying I can never fulfill my purpose and live a godly life without you? Yes, that's what I'm saying. See, many people come to church with a consumer mentality. See, I'm still grappling with this hybrid model. I, I, to be really honest, I, I believe all right, that there's a place for technology. My only concern is you know, what the convenience will do to our faith. That's, that's my, I'm still grappling. The convenience of, of uh, not 
paying the price of waking up early and getting ready and you know, putting our Bible into our bag. And I, I, it wasn't like that. People paid the price in China to go to, to, go to church. I, I, I'll never forget the price that these believers paid. As, a, as a 18 years old, going to China for the first time and speaking to a pastor who lost his son and still joyfully serving God. I, I, I mean, those memories etch in my mind. People paid the price together. And of course, we can say, oh, you can go on Zoom now. I'm, I'm sure they appreciate it. I praise God for technology. But I'm just concerned. I, I, I'm just concerned whether these con- this conveniences, like e- even the Bible app, praise God for Bible app, app right? It's turn on, search. But a, a, a lot of our people don't even know where to find different verses in the Bible anymore. Right? It used to be that those who are older, you know, this, this will date you, right? That somehow our Bible is like, you know, broken up and we kind of know Proverbs. Oh, we can almost intuitively turn, you know? And Proverbs 3.23, sometimes we hit the bullseye. We knew it exactly, but now we, you know, people will just search on their phone or you know, they have to go to contents page. Where exactly is Proverbs? Uh? I'm concerned, guys. All right, from a pastoral point of view, do you hear my concern? I am concerned. <laughs> I am very concerned. All right, and there's this consumer mentality, hearing things like, and I'm not, again, all right, uh, Daniel, hold back. All right, things like, you know, we just come and sit here for two hours and we go back. I, 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 I said, you know, if that's the posture that you carry, then that's the posture that you carry. But that's not my posture every Sunday. I don't come here to sit for two hours, then I go off. I come here, number one, to look at who's here. Number two, you know, to instinctively feel, is there someone that I need to pray for? Number three, you know, my presence, whether I'm a pastor or not. Listen, this has not changed. I believe my presence every Sunday will make a difference to at least one person's life. I, from a young kid, you know, <laughs> I digress, sorry. As a young person, I believe that you know, I carry God's presence. Christ in me, the hope of glory. I was 18, 17 years old. Some of you may have done that when you are so passionate for the Lord, right? You know, I'll come, it was all dark in the hall, small church then. I believe in the power of prayer. I'll go around the chairs, I'll pray for every chair. Holy Spirit, come and fill this chair with a presence. Let the person who is here encounter you. If he's a non-believer, make him feel super uncomfortable. Until he be- and I start praying for everything. <laughs> And I believe I make a difference. It's not my pastor's job. I wasn't a spectator watching my pastor perform. I play a part in the success or the failure, in the growth or the decline of my church. Maybe it's just me. But it's the consumer mentality that I'm concerned about, looking for what they can get rather than how they can give. I, I, want, I want to just end with uh, this story in Mark 2, right? In Mark 2, most of you know this story. Uh, there was a crippled man born from birth, never walked before, and um, you know, Jesus was passing by, and there were four men. There were four men who were part of this crippled man's miracle. I praise God for these four men because these four men, they were nameless. They were faceless. You got no idea that, uh, where they were from. But they went the extra mile, brought the roof down literally so that their crippled friend can experience Jesus. And I want to say, as I was just thinking about all of us, all of you, I believe 
That's Team City. I believe that's you. I believe you are the foreman. I, I pray that there will be more people who are like this foreman. You don't just ask, what can the church do for me? But you are asking, what can I do for my spiritual family to help others experience the power and the presence of Jesus? If I need to bring the house down, I'll bring the house down. If I need to go the extra mile, I'll go the extra mile. Because we understand that our needs will inevitably be met when we are meeting other people's needs. Isn't that the virtuous cycle? When that's how we live, if I live to meet other people's needs, guess what? Every time I show up in the environment, the group is trying to meet my need. That's the church that we dream about. That's the church that I believe all of us want to be a part of. Yes, that we don't just come and sit there and look, what can I get out? Oh, I only sit here, my kids are downstairs, and then I take and go, what's the point of coming? Sure, if that's how we want to live our lives. But if I come and say, hey, I'm here, man, who can I pray for? I, I, I've got no title, no tech, no duty, but I am an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Christ in me, the hope of glory. I carry the anointing, I carry the presence, I carry the power. I can heal the sick, I can cast out demons, I can give words of knowledge, words of wisdom. Who can I attack this morning? I'm not talking about being a pastor. I'm talking about being an everyday, ordinary believer. <laughs> Those four men, they weren't Jesus, but they brought people to Jesus. They are part of the roofing ministry. <laughs> Can we all be part of the roofing ministry? It, 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 it doesn't take a lot of gifting. It just takes us willing to become a carrier of someone else's miracle. I mean, those five men. And do you, do you know what the Bible says? If you read carefully, when Jesus saw their faith. When Jesus saw their faith. Not just the blind man's, the, the crippled man's faith. Not Jesus' faith. Those four men's faith. Do you know your faith, every time you serve, is part of someone else's miracle? Can, can I have the band on stage, please? And those who are watching me on a video, I look forward to uh, seeing you all. I, please, hear, please hear my heart. Please hear my heart. All right. It's very easy for us to be offended, especially when, uh, when a word is preached out of a place of passion. But I, I, I just pray. I, I just pray that all of us, you know, if you are in a great place in God. Praise the Lord. Right? Someone said, well, what, what, what if the Sunday gathering becomes a crutch? Then let it be a crutch for a season, right? For those who had an accident before, who has gone through a surgery, don't you appreciate the crutch? Don't you appreciate it? You can't walk without a crutch. No, you need the... I, and I remember who was going through surgery... <laughs> the crutch. I'm sure he was grateful for that crutch. And for some people, the Sunday format was a crutch. It's okay for a season. And then once that's done, you become someone else's crutch. It's okay. I needed crutches as a young believer. I couldn't stand on my own. So let's just pray, shall we?
All right. Um, you know, let's all stand. And what I want to do is this, right? So we're all in our clusters. You know, the staff was joking and they said, this cluster thing is getting a little bit, uh, you know, this cluster, that cluster. So COVID-like. That's fine. You know, let's just infect one another with our passion enthusiasm. Yes, for the Lord in our respective clusters. We are infectious this morning, not with any disease, but with... Uh, wow, but with the passion and just with a desire for the Lord and for His kingdom and for one another, yes? Alright, so where you are, can I just encourage you to turn to each other with a mask on, of course, and, uh, you know, and uh, start praying for one another. And if you need to verbalize your prayer, just do it responsibly within your clusters. Alright, and if there's a need, again, if there's a specific need, right? Just be specific and say, hey guys, before you guys pray, I have, I, I have a need, I have a fear, I have a concern, I'm in a setback. Alright, we are a, a family. We are a team. stronger together Father rebuild the foundation of community God of fellowship bring to the forefront again God or the revelation of kingdom partnership Yes, just pray for one another. Let's ask the grace of God to fall on your friends. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Wow. Such a joy, God, to hear the, the sounds of praying people, God. Yes, Lord. of God. Pour it out, God, on our lives. Pour it out, Lord. Lord, may our lives be a blessing. May we be like those four men, God, part of someone else's miracle. 